Welcome to the Cooks of It. A brand new monthly podcast from your hospital radio. Well, I, I hope we, we win the league. That's what I hope. No, then I hope we get promoted by the playoffs. And if not that, then I hope, <laughs> I hope we finish, finish mid-table. I think this could be the year we win the North Riding Senior Cup. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Crux of It, a York City-based podcast in association with York Hospital Radio. My name's Chris, and I'm joined by our panel of Dan, Ben, Jib, and Debo to discuss all things York City. The last time we got together was at the beginning of September, so quite a lot's happened since then. York City currently sitting in the dizzying heights of seventh place in the National League, but we're recording this not long after the FA Cup first round draw have been made. York City scraping past Bury a few days ago and then getting themselves a reward with a trip to League One Shrewsbury in the first round. So that's where we're going to start this episode. We're going to get the panel's thoughts on the reaction to that draw, travelling to League One Shrewsbury in a few weeks' time. Dan, let's bring you in first on this. Are you happy with that first round draw? Not really, to be brutally honest. I was really hoping for Chef Wedaway. Charlton away, something like that would have been good for me. I like the kind of the subplot that John Askey obviously got sacked by Shrewsbury, so I'm sure he'll be well up for it going back there. I think he only had about 17 games in charge of him after they appointed him when he when he got Macclesfield promoted. So he'll have a point to prove. I, I'd have quite like, you know, don't get me wrong, I think Shrewsbury is a good draw, but I'd have just preferred it being at home. I think we'd have had a real big crowd in for it. I'm sure Ben would have had FA Cup fever on the morning and stuff like that. I mean, he was, probably still will anyway, but... Yeah, just for me, I, I, I don't. It's a tough game in it, and it's not likely to be on TV. I don't think so. I was slightly disappointed with it. I don't know what other people's thoughts are. I mean, it's not a bad draw, but I, I just thought there were there were other ones out there as we were coming out of the the, the machine, and now I was thinking, oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. And then when it got to that, I was I was just slightly disappointed. Ben, how about you? Will you have FA Cup fever in a few weeks' time? Then I've always got FA Cup fever on FA Cup morning, Chris. But I think just a bit dire, isn't it? I mean, Shrewsbury's a nice town. But the ground's just in the middle of nowhere. There's now train strikes being announced for it. So it's just all a bit naff now, really. On the bright side, with them being League One, it's life to knock out, which means Dorking away has been saved, potentially. But on the whole, you just want an FA Cup run, or as Dan says, something maybe like Sheffield Wednesday, Ipswich, Derby for this stage, or total absolute dud that you just know will probably be. So we managed to avoid the... Uh... Inevitable curves and Ashton away. Jim, how about you? The away day at Shrewsbury Tempty? I mean, I'll be there. I don't think there's any doubt. I think me and Ben will find a way of getting down to Shrewsbury, but it wasn't the um, wasn't the game that inspired me. And I think you know, I, I very much put my trust hat on with the with the FA Cup this year. I think it would have, would be really nice to get to the third round. And the reality of that is that because you know the, the money when we get to the third round is great. I think the reality of that is. Shrewsbury is going to be a really tough test and it's not a tough test like the ones that Dan had mentioned where we, we would have made a good earning of this round so it's a bit of a nothing a bit of a kind of nothing draw for me a bit of a bit of a mute one as Dan said the, I think my hope is that Askey wants to go and prove a point so you know the fingers crossed and no doubt I'll be getting a fever on the morning of the game yeah added spice as the panel mentioned there John Askey briefly in charge of Shrewsbury Debo last but not least let's come to you are you ambivalent as everyone else is Nah, it's a, it's a crap jar, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, really, for, for me, I just I want fodder at home. I want I want lowest team in competition at home, first two rounds, to give us the best chance of, of getting through. And if we're not going to get that, and you're going to get a tough away side, then yeah, give us Chef Wed or Charlton or, you know, ground has not been to be far. I, I, I think it's, like for me, I, I want to go to the game and I'm talking about whether I will or not. But obviously now you've got the train strikes as well, haven't you? And it's just in in terms because I, I love the FA Cup and it's been a while since we played it first round as well on it. So this point with draw, I want to go, but how many people will be able to go? Will it put others off? I suppose the one thing like the lads saying it is that Askey obviously used to manage there and you might have a bit of added motivation for for boys to go out and get a result. So but yeah, it's not a, it's not a great draw, is it? Yeah, but funny you said that. I remember first round FA Cup last season. I was in the studio and you were commentating 
You wanted fodder at home, or Buxton at home. I thought we thought we didn't play them in first round qualifier. That was first. Was that first round? The first round. I think it was first round. I almost. Uh, all right. I almost had to take a yeah, step there because that. I thought you were going to say some uh, rather unpleasant things uh, on that day out. Oh, I forgot that was in first round. Oh god, that was a nightmare that day, wasn't it? You've not been invited back since, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't been invited back since. The last time a common search was that day. No, they've, uh, they've not invited me back since. And I don't know why. I don't know what I did wrong that day. One day you'll get the chance. So we'll move on then. We'll have a look back at what's been going on at the LNER since we last got together. So that was the beginning of September. Long trip and three points picks up at Yeovil. Jim, talking of commentary, you were in the commentary box for BBC Radio York that day. Tell us a little bit about Yeovil. Yeovil was great. The game was... Was a bit, I, I still think that's arguably our best performance of the season, to be honest. I thought we really put Yeovil to the sword. I mentioned on the day that the what worked really well was the midfield. We, we absolutely dominated their midfield. And, and we needed to, because Yeovil were a really big side. It was interesting seeing uh, the players. That was the earliest I've ever got to a stadium um, with Dave. But it, the, the size difference between us and Yeovil was really noticeable. And if we'd have played the ball in the air, we, 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 I don't think we'd have won. Um, and we certainly would come away with the result we came away with. But it, the, the midfield worked really, really well. Um, and I think, as, as I'm sure we will do with pretty much every game we're going to talk about tonight, Pybus was absolutely essential and, and really played a great game. Yeah, so a few days later, we obviously had the uh, passing of the Queen and the game against Dagon Redbridge was then postponed. Moving on to Tuesday night afterwards, Bromley were the visitors to the LNR Community Stadium. Dan, you and I were commentating for York Glass Radio in, in that game, a game that York should have really been out of sight before they got the equaliser, and then it was very much a smash and grab, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was one of those nights where you felt a bit unclean coming out with three points, to be honest. I thought Bromley were were very good on the night. We probably could have been 5-1 down and wouldn't have had any complaints, but I think it's a little bit like the Oldham game. Well, like almost like now, team that don't know when they're beat uh, and I think the crowd have got a lot to to kind of play with that you know I've got a lot of influence on that I think in, in years gone by we go 1-0 down at home at Boovan Crescent there'd have been a toxic atmosphere people have been you know groaning every time there was a misplaced pass whereas I think the fans stick with them a lot more now and I think the Bromley game was a great example of that Bromley created lots and lots of chances uh, didn't take them and then the crowd sort of rallied and got the late winner which, you know, probably, I'd probably had a decent goalkeeper. I think they would have won that game, but it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, York, York won that game. And it, and it's just football, isn't it? Because the Dagenham and Redbridge game, we played a lot better and came out, came out with a point. Bromley, we played a lot poorer and came out with three, but that's football, isn't it? But yeah, Bromley was a, a tough watch, but a great end to the, to the night. You know, Tuesday night under the lights, last minute winner. You can't, can't get any better than that. Yeah, Manny Duku's last-minute winner getting three points for York City on that Tuesday evening in the middle of September. Then onwards to Scunthorpe, bottom of the table, Scunthorpe at the time. Everyone thought easy three points in the bag here and it almost was in the end. Ben, get your thoughts on that draw at Scunthorpe. Disappointing result when you're playing bottom of the table, right? First, I'd like to correct you that not everyone thought it was going to be an easy three points, Chris, there. Uh, I thought in typical York City fashion that we'd have a good start and it might just be Bromley and then sort of throw it away against Gunthorpe and say we were in the lead. Got a bit unlucky with the Fallowfield offside, but it worked clinical enough. And I think it's a story that's telling itself across the season so far of we're doing well to win in some games, but others you felt like we could have got more out of it. And I think... It's a rebuilding season, or not a rebuilding season, it's a it's a transition season of that National League North side to a top conference side. That's what we need to look at now. And I think that Scunthorpe game shows the difference we need still. Talking of top teams in the National League, probably the the best team, I think, something that we can all agree on to visit the NNER this season of Knox County uh, on the 24th of September walked away with a fairly convincing win that day Debo what were your uh, impressions of that match clear clear victory for Knox County 3-1 on the day from what I've heard I wasn't there sounded like it was deserved yeah I, I'm not saying I was coming away from the game arguing with the result and losing the game but I didn't particularly buy in too much to what everyone else has sort of said in the sense that it was a 3-1 comfortable domination 
against us. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't deserve to win the game, but I mean, just trying to think back to foul at first goal, and I can't, I can't remember it now, but I'm sure it looks soft. And it, well, even if it's not, I mean, it's hell of a strike, but I mean, nine times out of ten, that's fucking silly. Sorry, mid swear, that's silly enough at that. And that obviously puts us on back foot. Great strike, don't get me wrong, great start for him. But then we get back into the game, and then obviously we concede, I didn't see because I've I'd already gone for a pint at that point. I usually go down a few minutes before half time. So I can't really comment there, but people were sort of saying he was left a mark and it's free header. So, you know, like, got to do better there. And then for me, some officiating in the game, I mean, just really, really inconsistent. There was a point where in the first half where we were going through on goal and we were, we were just outside box. I can't remember who got brought down. However, got brought down. And ref played advantage. And it was, I think... Um, I think fullback was coming in to sort of whip it across. And we got now out of it. And it wasn't an ideal ball for him. He was having to run away at an angle away, away from box to try and, like, put it back in under pressure. Well, it, that's not advantage. It's free kick there. But then, when it, in a similar instance for them, when they didn't get the advantage from ball that got played through, he couldn't blow quick enough. And the foul that was given down at our end before the third goal uh, on John Lewis was an absolute disgrace. He didn't touch him. And then they're up at the end and then basically missed pass and, and we've gifted him a third goal. So I know they had a few, you know, they obviously had a few first half as well. Keaton had some good saves, didn't he? You know, sort of showing the shot stopper he is. But yeah, I was I, I was a bit miffed with a really um, ref liner and uh, and mistakes for, for giving goals away, really. But yeah, I can't say that we didn't deserve to lose the game because we did, but feel uh, not giving goals away, like like we were doing pre-season. Stupid, giving, you know, just giving the ball away and refereeing line on just doing the job. Then we might have had a better chance, but that's just me. That's how I see it. Things got better for York City after that, though. A trip down to North London and a 5-0 victory against 10-man Barnet. A day of uh, rail strikes, meaning hardy few hundred York City fans made the journey and they were definitely rewarded. Jim, Ben, I'm presuming one, if not both of you were there. Do you want to give a quick summary of that afternoon? Neither of us went, Chris. Uh, I could tell you about Carlton Town versus Tadcaster Albion that day if you want, but sadly for me, it sounded a good performance. But yeah, I think I did attend. That'd be a bloody niche prod- podcast, that wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't go. I didn't go either. I listened to Dave and Ian. It sounded good. I mean, what, it's not going to be bad, is it? When you're winning by that, that kind of margin, good result. Something final victory then. As uh, Ben alluded to earlier, typical York City back down to earth with a bump a few days later. Trip to uh, another bottom of the table team, Halifax Town. I think we were all there that night. York City played off the park. Who wants to uh, get going on this one? Some strong opinions on the performance on that night. Debo, you look keen. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it it. it... It was really, it was disappointing, wasn't it? I mean, said they were bottom of the league at time at night. We just didn't look like we could string two passes together. And it, it just sort of sums up the, the sort of the inconsistency of the season, really, as, as I expected, you know, as I thought it would be. Early stages of the season up to sort of October, November time, in terms of certain results, maybe, you know, winning games we shouldn't, you know, not winning games we should and, and draws here and there. And it was just so inconsistent. And actually coming back to the Barnett game, I, I wasn't at the Barnett game because... You know, I booked gone train, but I watched the highlights, and the highlights video was quite long. And I thought what you what you saw from that game was I think Kuya was involved in just about every goal, wasn't he? And whether he was playing playing final ball or the one before it, he was just just starting to show you know, you know how how important he is to us and the quality he's got for creating goals. And I think in the Halifax game, he didn't particularly look like he was firing all cylinders. None of them really did. But then again, we didn't get ball through. All that much, did we? So it's maybe a bit harsh, but yeah, it just looked like we did. We, it just like it looked like an old York City performance. It didn't look like a, a, a John Askey team out there. It looked, it looked like a team we've seen many a time before under many a different manager. On a Tuesday night when we've took a lot to Halifax, good turnout, and the bottom at league, and it's it's not often I would say like I'd be disappointed with us only coming away with a point, but you know, I was certainly looking for us. That was the one game where. I'm, I wouldn't have taken a point before a game and we just didn't perform at all, did we? So, and it was my birthday that day as well, so that was uh, even more disappointing, really. I just wanted to say about uh, what Devo's point there about Kuya, because I, I definitely think the last few games he's really dropped off. And I, and I said in the uh, the first podcast we did of, of the crux of it, I said I was worried about him burning out. And, and I, I just think, I don't know what other people's thoughts are, I wonder whether that's, that's starting to happen now, because you know our season obviously finished late because we're in the playoffs. He then went off and played for Afghanistan, I think three or four internationals in the summer. When he came back, we were straight into pre-season. 
and he plays pretty much every minute of every game and he's so important and you know I, I just think the last few games he's, he's just not quite hit those standards as he did before and I was really pleased that he didn't play play at Bury actually at the weekend because I, I just think he's he's shattered I don't know what other people think. You're probably right. I think there is an element of that. I think we've seen him get dragged centrally, and I don't think that works. I think he's most dangerous when he's out wide, getting the ball in and running at players. And I think a lot of the times at the LNER, we've seen him marked out of the wing. You know, He's playing against a different level. You think last season when he was really on fire, he controlled those fullbacks so that he was putting them where he wanted them to. And we've seen that a few times this year. But he's in, he increasingly getting pulled centrally. And I don't know whether that's a plan. I don't know whether that's that's Asti's plan for it. But I think he's most dangerous out wide. And I think I think ultimately when he comes inside, he gets goes missing a little bit. If I'm honest, because he gets too crowded, he can't he can't run at players. When he takes players on, it's when he's getting into his half and full stride. That's when you really see the the benefits of it. So I don't know whether he's getting tired, but I think he's certainly be, he's being dragged into different positions this year, which is. That you know, he needs to turn that around. He I mean, he's, he's still an absolute class out of it. I mean, I don't know how many YCFC insights or whatever be able to tell you, but I think probably 80 90 percent of the assists this season have all come from him. And, and I think the fact that they are assists, not goals, I think really helps York City because I think you know, like you look at Macaulay Langstaff, loads of people talking about him playing a lot higher level now because he scores goals every week. Whereas I think Kuya is still relatively under the radar a little bit. We know he's, he's an absolute class act. and maybe defenders who play against him do, but he's still, I think, a relatively sort of well-kept secret. I'm not I'm not sure about secret. I'm not sure about secret. I think play, teams are, are marking him out of the game now, to me. I think he's. I think people know that he's... He, I think, well, at the very least, I think he's known that he is our threat. Um, I think, I think I, it, sorry, Jim, I think he, he is at our level. I'm on about the levels above where people yeah, are kind of... Because yeah. I think he's good enough to play in the Football League, personally. You know, mm-hmm. when, when Langstaff's getting um, touted to play a higher level, I think Kuyar's as good as, as that sort of player. And, you know, I think at our level, yeah, of course, people are doubling up on him and stuff like that. And that's probably why he's getting dragged into the middle. But but certainly, like, if he got more, got added goals to his games, um, to his mm-hmm. game, I think I think that would really, really struggle to keep hold of him. I think it'll be interesting, and, and we're probably going to come on to this a little bit, but I think it'll be interesting if, if Thomas keeps going as he has been in his first few games and becomes a real threat on the other side or wherever he is on the pitch comparative to Kuyar, does that afford Kuyar a bit more space? If you know, if, if the game that Thomas came on for the other night in his debut, as soon as he came on, he was the main threat for York and they didn't react quick enough to, to move away from the other players to, to go and sort him out. And I think if we've got that threat and Kuyar, I think that's, that free space up for him and maybe we get more out, even more out of him. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, we're, we're lacking in the middle of midfield from a consistency perspective and attacking perspective and maybe that's why, he, you know, he sort of gets dragged in there. But I mean, it's, it's like you said, Terry, I mean, he's what, 80% of the assists this season or whatever it is. I mean, even like, go back to the Torquay game, first 10 minutes, you know, he, he put it on the John Lewis's head, on, just absolute on a plate for him. Like quality balls in. I mean, he's just, and then you know, he comes away from that game. And, you know, he's got nothing to show for it. But yeah, the class, the class is there. But for me, the, the point about him playing football league, we're obviously missing right in middle of the park, aren't we? Or we're missing the, the quality of right that he had, that we had with him last season, and him being able to do that at this level. But I mean, if you think about like he's obviously gone play football league keeper, obviously went to Harrogate, and we kept all the Kuya. But as much as we miss right, I was thinking about this the other day about like who would you rather have lost if we were having to lose like one or two of them, and who would you rather have kept? Because we've in terms of what we've lost and what we've kept, we're better off. I think we've got just as good a goalkeeper. If we'd have lost Kuya instead of right, or lost uh, John Lewis instead of right, I think we'd be worse off, and significant worse off. So in some ways, we've been fortunate, you know, to keep hold of them and have, have the quality. But we don't have enough. We've got a core set of players for me. We're more than good enough at this level. John Lewis is Kuyas, Cunahan's keeper, maybe Pybus now, one or two of the fullbacks, maybe showing that. The rest, too much inconsistency. We need a bit more as well. We need a bit more backup, special backup for John Lewis. But, you know, as Ben alluded to earlier, first season back in National League, and it's about finding out where we're at and where we're short and, and, uh, and filling those gaps. And we've got, you know, we've got the man to do it. And I'm 
Joe will probably come on to the most recent um, signing, which I think maybe sounded like it caused a bit of controversy at first, but I think he's going to be a good signing anyway. Let's uh, talk about that new signing then, Nathan Thomas. A uh, bit of an unusual recent history for him, but he obviously came on against Dagenham, got the assist, and found his equaliser. Uh, two players out the door since we last got together as well. Bowden and Burgess came in in the summer, left very quickly as well. What are our thoughts on them out the door and Thomas coming in? Bowden, I felt, was very much a dying so early on in the in the transfer window. It was the first signing, if I remember rightly. And I feel it was very much a, we might not have anyone else signed on. We might not have John Lewis signed on at the time. I don't know. We might not have. And I think Askey just wanted someone he trusted that knew the National League level that was ready. And I think we then got John Lewis and Bowden wasn't getting much of a look. In. I did really well when he came on at Yeovil, but that's it. That's all I've seen. So I'm not too miss. Bowden, I think it's the right thing. I think Burgess going as well. I don't think he's shown anything since he's come back. And to be honest, when he signed, I'm a bit bewildered really. You know, he scored the two good goals, I think, when he was here last time. But yeah, he, he didn't really set the conference north alike. So I can't see him setting the conference alight. And I think we can do better. And if we do want to actually get promoted again, we need to do better than that. It is a transition season for me. And we're transitioning. Where are those gaps then, Ben? Where do you think uh, York City need to strengthen? to transition uh, or perhaps keep up their playoff chase where do you think York City need reinforcements then? Central midfielder we need someone to go alongside Pybus hopefully Mafuta can step up a bit more now a lot of people say need to replace John Lewis but I, I don't think we do I think the issue is you know people keep saying we need a goal scorer I think we need someone to be a bit different to him uh, to come on for him or we need people like Hurst and Pybus or whoever's playing alongside Pybus start chipping in with a few more goals a bit like when we went promoted we had goals from up front from Chambers from Blair from Walker but then you also had quite often Paddy McLaughlin getting the goals and bringing him in as well and I think we're missing a bit of that this season and that's what will take us to the next level is players from all over the park actually contributing I, I don't really get the, the kind of the criticism of John Lewis at all I, I, I think that that people are Debo shaking his head so he can come in in a minute but but I, ju- I just think people are very very quick to get on his back I, I think that like when, when he first came in I wasn't really convinced, but, you know, it it was, let's be brutally honest, you know, he was a significant factor in us getting promoted. And then there was a kind of question mark as to whether he could do it at a National League level. And and I think his goal returns pretty good this season. At least he can hold it up. You know, we've seen players in the past that we've been crying out to hold it up and, and, and haven't been able to do that. He's a physical presence. So even when he's not playing well, I think he does occupy the centre half of the other team. And a lot of times he's playing up front on his own. So it's quite a, a, a thankless task, I think, at times. I'm not I'm not saying that he's the future, you know, I think he's 33, 34, isn't he? But not buying the massive criticism of him. Go on, Debo, prove me wrong. Well, I'm, well no, of course not. It's, it's laughable. <laughs> like, how, how, how can you criticise him? He's a goal scorer, proving himself as a goal scorer. It was an unbelievable job up front, holding, holding ball up, holding defenders off, laying it off, getting into positions. I mean, we've seen when Bowden's tried to replace him and do the same job. Bowden was a million miles away. I don't get it. And look, for me, it's like I've said, part of the problem with us and part of the reason for the inconsistency, it's not to do with John Lewis. It's to do with the fact that we've got a core set of players who are more than good at this level. We've got a, and we've got another set of players playing with him who aren't. And that's why it's inconsistent. And and for people just to, to be criticised John Lewis, I mean, that is just, that is laughable. Like, I, I, I cannot grasp for the life of me how anyone can criticise him and, and say we need to replace him. I don't have a problem saying that we need, if you want to say we, we need better, of course everyone's looking for better, or someone alongside him, have a backup, but don't start telling me that. Because even, even in games play. where he, he misses chances, you know, but I, I can't remember which game it was, it's a home game recently where he missed two, easy, two relatively easy chances, but yeah, I always talking. think strike, sorry, talking, yeah, I always think with games like that that at least he's getting the chances. You know, it's worse yeah. when you have strikers that just don't get a chance for the whole game and they're just not influencing it. Yeah, I, I just think a lot of the criticism is very unjust on him. It's not everyone, but there are there are some fractions of the support that I think do get on his back a little bit and, and um, so, certainly do on social media. And I just think it's a bit unjust, really. Uh, I mean, someone mentioned about Alex Hurst before about chipping in with Morgan. I've, I've been really impressed with Hurst recently. I think he's really, the last month, he's really started to step up and... You know, I think he's been crying out for his stuff whip for years, and he's a proper 
old-fashioned winger, isn't he? He gets the ball, he gets his head down, he tries to run at people. He can kind of cross with either foot as well. And having him on one side and Kuyar on the other and, and possibly Thomas as well, I think I think we're starting to get some good options now. And then he's got Paddy coming back as well. So Duckworth, I think, is close to full fitness. So, so the, the squad is starting to get a bit more like a squad now rather than just a team that you can kind of name every week. And I think another player who has really impressed me recently is Kuigan. I think he's come on leaps and bounds since we signed Definitely. him. What we signed him last January. Definitely. I mean, he he yeah. at the time, I thought he was all right. I thought he was quite casual at times when he first started, a little bit one pace. But but he's really kicked on. I mean, like you know, his distribution's far better than it was. He drives out of defence now. He's he looks really strong. And you know, so I was looking the other week and thought it was him and Sanders at centre half two relatively young players and quite inexperienced and holding their own at a level that, that people thought we'd, you know, maybe struggle with a step up. I, I just think, I think we're having a great season. I really do. I think we're miles better than I thought we'd be. We're competitive every game. All right, even like the Bromley game and the Oldham game and the Notts County game where, you know, we're outplayed for large parts of it or, or under the cosh at certain points in it. The team just really dig in and just, I just think the atmosphere is so much better now. It's far less toxic than it used to be. Even if we're getting beat, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a really bad atmosphere and a real crap environment for the players to play in. I think it's a good place to be, York City, at the minute. And, you know, if Askey can build this season and get us near the playoffs, great. If we come mid-table, great as well, and then kick on next year. I think you're absolutely right with the John Lewis argument. I don't think, I think it's the, the criticism's really unjust. I do think now Burden's gone, he's going to have to try and bring in a striker. Because going back to what he said at the beginning of the year, he wants two players in every position. Well, he doesn't have that right now. So we need cover for him, certainly. But I'm I'm 100% with uh, Debo in terms of it's, it's further back. That's where the problem is. Yep. So this kind of nicely brings us on to the key question then, which we had in our uh, agenda beforehand. We're two months into the, well, over two months into the season now. Currently City in seventh. Can York City get promoted? Dan, you said we're having a good season so far, so let's start with you. Can the Minster men get themselves back into the Football League based on what you've seen so far? I'd probably say, here with caution, and say no, because I think maybe over the course of a season we, we might, well, you know, drop off a little bit, you know, because we, we have had games where I think we have been quite lucky and, and picked up three points. But it's a decent points return and we're 14 games in now, so it's not like... You know, you're still waiting to find out who the good teams are and stuff like that. I mean, I look at working are eighth and, and that was a team at York City battered on the first day of the season. So uh, for me, I, I see like the top three being any from Notts County, Wrexham and Chesterfield. I think them three will prove to be a cut above the rest. That's personal opinion. And then, you know, you look at people like Solihull Moors just below that who are, are kind of, you know, perennial just kind of around there out there. But then of other than that, you look up and down the table and it's that everyone's much of a muchness out there. So I don't see why York City can't kind of compete at that level. I mean, like, you know, you look look around near where we are, sort of Wealdston, Eastley. I mean, Eastley beat us at home, but I didn't think they looked any world beaters, to be honest. And and I, you know, I've been impressed at the fact we've been away to grounds like Yeovil and and won one nil and, and ground out results when we've needed to, you know, so if we can keep winning five nil at Barnet, I mean, maybe we should have a bit more confidence. You know, Barnet are not like rock bottom of the table, they're mid table. And to go over and win five nil is, is a decent effort, you know? Um, so I, I, I think I'd be surprised if we got in the playoffs, but do you know what? If we managed to sneak in and we could get a home draw again, I, I could see as, you know, really, really kicking on again. I mean, I think, I think the fact that two out of the three home games, uh, two out of the three playoff games last season were at home, was a massive factor in us getting promoted. It became a fortress, and even though our home form hasn't been brilliant this season, I think if we got in a playoffs, I think it would, it would become a fortress again. I think everyone would be up for it. The ground would be full. You know, I'm probably getting a bit giddy because I, I desperately want us to get back in the football league. That's where we need to be. And, and why not? You know, there's no teams that, you know, Dorking are 15th. You know, but York City should be up near the top of the National League. Definitely. Ben, you had a one-word answer to this question in our WhatsApp chat. Do you want to elaborate a bit more? No, no, really. I don't think we'll get promoted this season whatsoever. I think we'll get near to the playoffs. I'm happy with how this season's going and that'll do me uh, for now. It's doing better than I thought we'd do with the signs made at the start of the season. So I'm quite happy as that's positive. And I think we, we show the signs of a good team to build on, but we're not there yet. I'll finish off. In a word, no. Debo? Yeah, I mean, we can, but it I, it, it all depends uh, on, on recruitment and, and adding to the squad. You know, the club's in a good place. 
it's on enough. People are enjoying going to games and we're probably better off in the league at the moment than we expected to be. But, you know, at the end of the day, a bit like last season, in order for us to get promoted, we'd, we'd need better players. And really what it comes down to, I guess, this year is, whereas last year or any year in the, in the National League North, you know, we were desperate to get out of it. We have a bit more appreciation for being back in this league this season than we ever did when we were first in it. You know, we appreciate the, the London trips that are back and we appreciate playing some former football league clubs and getting some good grounds. And like you say, we're, we're enjoying it a bit more. And I think the thing with this season is, yes, to get promoted, we need to get some better players. But you've got to think about this season, I guess, is what's the right thing to do long term from a financial perspective and a playing perspective as well in terms of bringing players in. You know, do we look to try and get players in in January, loan players? Do we look to sign players? Are we looking more long term? Are we thinking about next season? Are we thinking, well, if Wrexham go up and then Notts County or our, uh, our Chesterfield go up, we've got a much better chance of being able to not just get in the playoffs, but try and contend to win the league. And do we look to next season? And one thing I, that we've done wrong for a long time uh, is, is recruitment and signing players on and giving them contracts that they didn't deserve and giving them two-year, especially two-year contracts. Um, former chairman used to love handing them out to players who, who didn't deserve two-year contracts, never mind two years. So at the end of the day, it, it comes down to recruitment, but what's the best way to go about it? And, you know, just thinking about long-term. And at the end of the day, with, with John Askey and Charles, I've got full trust in him. And yeah, you know, if we don't go up this season, you know, I'm not fully expected to come to the next season. But yeah, like I say, I mean, we can, but it'll be a lot, a hell of a lot harder than, than last season, definitely. But I do think we'll finish in the playoffs. I still, I still think we'll, I think we'll finish seventh. But yeah, we'll need better players to be able to have a chance to get up. It might, it might be a difficult one, Jim, to answer. But I know you kind of know the chairman, you know, reasonably well. We haven't had a lot of signings, have we? Really? Is that part of the club trying to? do this sort of self-sustaining model. And I know when I spoke to Alistair Smith on Hospital Ball, that he was quite saying that it was going to be a difficult, this, this season will be the hardest one in terms of sort of getting them on a financial footing and stuff like that. But the crowds have been pretty healthy. You know, um, there must be a fair, fair amount of money coming in. But we don't we don't seem to be, I know Thomas has signed recently, but but we'd had players going out like Borden and Burgess and not really had any players in. I just wondered what your thoughts were. If I've put you on the spot, we can obviously edit it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think the simple answer is Ask is given a budget. This is my understanding of it anyway. Ask is given a budget, and he can use that how we want. We say we haven't seen many players in, but the squad as a whole that started the season was was quite vastly different. We've seen Burgess go out. We've seen Thomas come in. I'd like to think that the fact that Burden's gone out means there's, there's potential there, but. You know that that's up to Askey. So my view, certainly, and and my understanding of it is that Askey's got a budget to spend how he wants. But you know, there's then all the intricacies of him finding the right people. I don't I don't think we're in a position like we were under McGill, and I wouldn't want us to be in a position under like we were under McGill, where more money is provided to chase something. I think we've got to get away from that mindset of chasing a chasing a dream, and, and I think. When you look at how Arsenal did last season and how he's built his squad this season, and how we're you know we're sat seventh in the league, building the right squad is always going to be more important. Uh, I, I'm I don't you know as I say I don't think there's any more coming in in terms of money, but he's let Bowden go, so, so I would like to think there's more, but that's there's no that's not an official line. I don't know. I, I to- totally agree on the. I wouldn't want them to to splurge a lot of the money on, on players just, just chasing some and when we've done that like you said in the past and it's not worked um, it was more of a, I'm, you know, again you know, I've, I've probably not been as on it this season for obvious reasons but you know I thought John Askey wanted someone to replace Bowden quite, you know and he left what well, he must have left six or seven weeks ago now and that's not and I didn't know whether that would be a lone player coming in but it, it just it, it seems that, that that hasn't been forthcoming and I just wondered the reason for that. I mean, obviously that's difficult for you to answer, but going back again to the Alistair Smith interview, you know, he was talking about getting more people on the board. I know Mike Brown has obviously gone in as well, but it seems like things that I was talking to Alistair about are obviously taking a long, long time to kind of come to fruition. I don't know if you're able to give listeners a bit of an update on, on what you kind of know about what's what is happening with the club and what what things are happening behind the scenes yeah so there's, there's definitely things coming um i'm, I'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna use this as a platform to announce certain stuff but there's definitely things coming from the supporters trust and from the football club i think uh kind of future planning and future preference is taking longer than than i think people want it to i don't think there's any denial of that and um, from my position as a trust board member that's what i'm asking about we had a board meeting last week and my question was i want to i want to see the 
a plan now. You know, we've been in what the AGM. We were 56 working days, so we must be about 60, 70 now. We know we've had a lot of problems. We know there's a lot more uncovered that we didn't know about. We know we've had to develop stuff more than we thought we would do, and and all these kind of things that you you know you don't expect has come up. You're absolutely right. We've got, we, you know, it, it has to move into long term, which is always the plan. That's always the plan that we begin to take a longer term view to things, a more, much more inclusive and involved view from the perspective of getting fans involved and stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of things that that get in the way of that, like any takeover business, I guess. But yeah, from a footballing perspective, what we have, which is our absolute diamond, is is John Askey takes takes care of the footballing side, and and you're absolutely right. Crowds are up, and that's. You know, we'd like to think that's in part down to a, a nicer environment around the club helped by the takeover. But let's be perfectly honest, if, if we were sat at the bottom of the league, I don't think we'd be getting as many people in as we as we are doing. So Askey's doing a doing the club a solid there. Brilliant. Thanks, Jim. Let's move on to the immediate future now for York City. In a few days' time they make yet another trip down south, this time to Hampshire. They go on order shot down. Aldershot languishing in the bottom four at the moment. York City have a great record against teams in the bottom four in the National League. And then a tough-looking fixture next Tuesday evening as well against Chesterfield at the LNER. That should be a special night under the lights again. And then Southend visit the following weekend as well. What are we hoping for in the next uh, three fixtures before our FA Cup? trip to Shrewsbury. Debo? South ends at home, isn't it? So, seven points, please. Actually, Chesterfield's a tough game at home, isn't it? I mean, yeah, maybe I'm being a little bit most affected up with two or what? At least five. Five points. Aldershot, obviously, fourth bottom, just lost the manager. People might want a little bit more there. I mean, I know I'm a little bit hypocritical here, aren't I? Because I did sort of mention that, obviously, at Halifax, I expected three points. But normally, I'll always take a point away from home because it's just, for, for most football clubs, you know, apart from your top teams in the Premier Division, most football clubs, the point away from home, great result to win, really. The equivalent of a win, a home win. You know, you're stopping the home team getting two more points as well. So, yeah, I'd probably take a minimum of five, really. But, got, you know, we've got to win one. You know, you, you should really be winning your own game the once win your own games. And um, we should certainly be looking to beat South End. So, yeah, I'd, I'll, I'd say five points, but I like seven. I think it goes back to the, the last question. I think if, if, we've, if we really want to be pushing the playoffs, then we've got to see off all the shot. There's no... You know they're they're down in, they're down the bottom, and if you want to be in the playoffs, you've got to be beating those teams. South End's the one that really we want to be winning. Chesterfield, we know that they're going to be right at the top. So I, I would actually go back to Devils the original answer. I'd like seven points. If we're going to be playoff contenders, really, we should be looking at that, thinking we we, we want to be getting seven points because that's one off one of three off the team at the bottom, three off a contender at home, and one off a team that realistically we know that they're, they're very likely to go up the season. Ben, are you off to order shot on Saturday? Seven points from next three games. Does that sound reasonable to you? It's possible. I don't think I'll happen. But yeah, I'm off to order shot. They've just sat the manager, so we'll lose 2-1. Then got Chesterfield. one all draw would be nice, but I can't see it happening, really. I think it'll be a... I think we'll do well. I think we'll lose 1-0. And then South End, I think we should be 2-0 comfortably. So I'll go for three points out of nine. Would like... Uh, seven, but I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest. Brilliant. Thanks, Ben. And Dan, last but not least, how about you? How do you see these next few fixtures panning out? Well, better than these miserable bastards. Nine <laughs> points out of nine. I think, well, you know, all the shit, we've got to be winning there, aren't we? Fair to make bottom at the table. And then Chesterfield under the light, Tuesday night, come on. You know, Bromley at home was, was similar, wasn't it? You know, we've got to be looking at seven, surely. But I'm obviously getting a bit too bit too carried away. I mean, I thought we played really, really well against Dagenham last week. I know it was only one all, but I, I was really impressed with the way that we, we just kept attacking over and over again. It was just a much more committed performance and high energy. And, and like I say, I was really impressed with like Hurst running at them. And, you know, and, and I think Kuya, maybe with a week's rest, might get back into form as well. And yeah, I, 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 I don't think there's much in this league. I really don't. I mean, we've seen quite a few teams now. And I've been to a couple of away games as well, and I've, I've yet to come away. Apart from Notts County, I, I, I slightly disagree with that, but I thought Notts County were, were quality when we played them. I thought they were much better than we were. And, I, you know, I, I hope they get promoted so we don't have to play them again. But other than that, I think everyone else, even Solihull Moors away, I went there thinking, oh, this will be a really tough game. I mean, it, you know, got in a playoff final last season, but they were all right. They were probably slightly better than we were, maybe, on the balance of it, but... There wasn't a lot in that game. I think once we equalised, we were a team a little more likely to, to go on and win it. So there's not really been any teams that have... I thought it'd be a really big step up this season. I think it's been a, 
a slight step up and you know the crowds are a big difference out there you know you you don't have your gimme games like you would have Leamington at home who bring like five fans and you'd beat them 2-0 even if you weren't playing well I think I think those days are gone but I think other than that I think you know I, I think there's every team can beat pretty much everyone else and it's going to be who can be the most consistent and the reason why teams are so inconsistent that's the reason these players are playing at National League level if they were consistent, they'd be playing in a football league, wouldn't they? So I, I think we're, we're, you know, Askey's doing a great job. I think the fans are great. I think the atmosphere is really good. And I think I'm just happy that we're not going to be, fingers crossed, I'm not kind of cursing anything. We're not going to be anywhere near the relegation zone. And that that's what I would have taken all day long at the start of the season. I'm excited about this month, though. I'm, I, I am excited about these games coming up this month. I think they're all games we can compete in. Chesterfield's going to be a really good test. Another test on top of Notts County. Have we improved since then? I'm excited about all the shots south end. I actually think the game that, that we're all looking for, and I think it will probably fall into the next podcast, but Boreham Wood away on the 8th, on the 8th of November. They're a team that if you're going to go for playoffs, then they're the ones you've really got to compete with. They're not those top three. They're a competitive team that, that you can play against. So I'm excited about the three games we've got this month because I actually think we could do quite well, especially it will be a big statement if we do. Do we think um, John Askey will play a weakened side against Chesterfield? I was just thinking yeah. with the North Ryan Senior Cup the day after, he might want to just focus on that and make sure we uh, beat Whitby. I, I've heard you're not going to Whitby, then. Claim to be this North Ryan Senior Cup man, and you know I've heard you got him going. Uh, sadly, I've uh, got to decline on this occasion, but... Uh... <laughs> Otherwise, I will be there. I will have a semi on for the North Ryan Senior Cup semi final. Thanks, Ben. I knew I'd left something off the agenda. Glad you brought it up. So, on the whole, uh, a large amount of optimism there from the panel on the uh, current state of York City. Looking forward to the next few games coming up. Chesterfield next Tuesday. That should really be a good one. So, get yourself down to the LNER if you can. But before we finish, we'll do uh, our little tradition that we've got here on the Crux of It podcast. We're going to spin the Shambles Spinner. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to put a question to the panel, completely at random. And the uh, Shambles Spinner has come up with, what is the worst journey to a uh, National League North game? Harking back to the uh, glory days in National League North. Five years we spent there. Worst journey. Ben, Jim, you've travelled up and down the country. Port New York City, I'm sure you have plenty of stories to tell. Does one of you want to kick us off? Yeah, so I, I'll go for the pretty obvious one. I think, was, was it Kettering last year, Ben? Was it Kiddy? Kettering, I think it was. In the wake of storm, summit or other, Ben and I were all ready to get on the train on Friday night down to London for Mr Christopher Tune's birthday uh, game. Storm hit. Trains cancelled, so sensibly we decided to uh, drive to Nottingham to meet another friend on Friday night. Cue Ben's fiesta feeling like the most unstable thing I've ever sat in, and driving past lorries overturned, just about getting to Nottingham, having uh, a few too many shandies that night, only to get on the train, get to the game, quite hungover, and the game be cancelled. So... Uh, Having made the epic trip down and, and struggled through the rain and the rain and the wind and everything, it, it didn't even go ahead. Went into London, came back and got stuck about 200 yards from Leeds Station on the train because the river, the, the canal that goes under Leeds Station was up and there was a boat hitting the bridge. So I had an absolute nightmare weekend. That's definitely my worst travel story, I think, going ever, if I'm honest. Uh, beat that, Ben. Is, are you of the same opinion? Have you had one worse? No, I think that was probably the top one, only for it to be topped by losing 2-0 in the uh, rearranged game on a Tuesday night. I think I think the, the thing with the National League North is there's not too many horror trips because they're all quite low. I think it's the ones that are just as to get to when it's like Brackley. You have to travel down to Banbury and then get the uh, get a taxi across or a bus across or Spennymoor. There's not a train station. I think that's when we talk about journeys in the National North are something that's so local there's many train stations about and I think I think the majority of the time I'll um, I'm quite a positive guy uh, when it comes to train travel and the funny side of it so I, I don't have too many horrific stories yet and hopefully none more to our two this season either it's not really a regional competition anymore I don't think the national I don't think the National League North is they're 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 all over the place. I mean what they'll be doing Kings Lynn this year, like that's not in the north. I don't see that as it, it, it's not a regional competition. You're still travelling too far. What was it Gloucester last year? I mean miles away. It's those ones that are a bit of a nightmare to get to because Kingsland's a horrible place to get to. Yeah, both. How about you? 
Do, do they have to be National League North? Or can it be National League? If you got a better story from the National League, then... Well, I, 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 I ain't got a better story now, because that, that's what, what those two have gone through there is incredible. But uh, there was one that sticks out for me was, was Forest Green away in 2017, well, 2016-2017. I think it was maybe October-November time. And we just conceded a night fifth minute penalty and the lad who always scores against us, I forget his name, tucks it away and uh, and celebrates right in front of us and really gave it to us and it was devastating. We already scored a decent goal that day actually. But yeah, so that is fifth minute goal at Forest Green so it was 2-1 and it all started with me getting, I got chucked out of the ground after the game which is some feat but I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with the officials and I certainly wasn't happy with uh, with our lads going to, uh, to shake the hands of the officials and I sort of let my voice be known about that and I got chucked out for that despite the fact that it was time to go so so it started there and then we got we had to get a taxi back to the nearest station and our taxi hadn't turned up we had to wait and get another get another taxi and then we finally got back to the first station you got to get to which I forget where it is in Slower uh, the train was cancelled so we had to get another taxi uh, all the way back to somewhere else wherever that was and uh, and yeah and then, then met, met my way back from Forest Green on that day after 2-1 Defeat. So um, yeah, that was uh, that was a bit of a, of a nightmare there for me, to be honest. But in terms of the last season, National League North, I was on the uh, coach going to Hereford, which took six hours to get to because of the uh, the crash just outside of Yards, just um, entering onto onto A1. Uh, I'm not sure whether the gentleman involved actually unfortunately died that day, um, but we were sat for we were sat for over two hours, and just after we got going again. There was a just up the road. There was a, a car parked in the uh, in the lay-by in a massive engulfed in a massive ball of flames, and we were literally just passing it. And the police car came up to shut shut everyone off. So it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a, a sort of seven eight hour trip by the end of it just to get there. But uh, it was just the six. But it was worth it that day because Kuya got for them, and um, and then we got him after that. So all well ends well. Well, thanks, Deborah. Dan, how about you? Nationally, north or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, coming to me last, probably not got a great story, really. I, I, my journeys have been relatively unscathed um, in comparison. I think Charlie away, first game of the season. The other year, there was a massive crash on the A64. and didn't think we'd make it in time, but we did. Uh, I, I think one that stands out for me is um, whenever I've gone to a match with Matt Wilson, who uh, is, is Paul's friend, who, well, my friend as well, I guess now, but he... Um, he doesn't like his car getting parked in in really dodgy areas. So what what he tends to do is it's quite clever. Really, he, he works out who's quite important, uh, quite an important official at the other club, and just drives up and pretends that he's got a car parking space in the ground. So this has worked quite well when we went to Dagenham and Redbridge uh, on last game of the season, and and he said, "Oh, I know, I don't know, Paul Smith or whatever." He said, "I could park it." Oh, you're not on our list. Oh, but Paul said that we could travel. All oh, right, okay, yeah, you go park down there on the left. And most grounds, it does work. But then Salford away, <laughs> um, Salford City away, it didn't work, and this bloke was not buying it. And the thing with Matt is like he he just will not back down. So he's like a fantastic actor, and he'd be saying stuff like. Look, I've I've spoke to Paul Smith or whoever the guy is that he's he's sort of worked out, and he he just walked back down. So we're in Salford, and and like you could hear the cars behind beeping the horns, going get out the bloody way, and and Matt was like just getting more and more animated, as was the guy with the clipboard, and he and Matt Matt then started saying. We're, we're all vice presidents of York City and we've been told to travel in one car. At this point, I'm like just creasing, like I cannot keep a straight face. And then in the end, the bloke did back down. He's like, right, you're going to have to park there. And we park park alongside this car and we get out and, and um, Paul, Paul Scholes is there getting out of his car. <laughs> we were like, all right, Scholesy. And then we went down this little path and that was it. We were in the ground for free and we were like, oh, this is fantastic. What, what a great way there this is. And then we were 3-0 down at halftime. So um, that, that, that's kind of typical York City for you. He did something very similar at Halifax the other week when he turned up late, parked his car down the road because it was cash only and he didn't know it was cash only. I, I can't remember what he did, but he blagged his way in somehow without paying, I think. <laughs> the, the, the man is incredible. He, he yeah. blagged his way into the commentary box at Wembley when, when me and Paul were commentating for the FA Trophy final. Somehow we walked out of Wembley through the media box with Matt. He was nothing to do with me. He was just there as a fan. He climbed over a lot of barriers and just came up and just said, oh, I'll come with you. He's he's a great guy, Matt, if he's listening. Top man. <laughs> I think we need him as a guest on the next episode of The Crooks Fit. That's a, a terrific story. Okay, before we finish, 
we're going to hand over to Jim now, who's got a little quiz to test the rest of the panel. Over to you, Jim. Yeah, so I've gone for two very different players today. Um, and I'll be honest with you, they're not on White Front's Honours list because I may or may not have forgotten to go and look at White Front's Honours list when I was putting the players on. So we'll have a just slightly different one if we just couple of players that play for Fallout City. So the first one, uh, just a reminder, I'll do this in uh, first person, so it will be as if I am the player. Um, I was born on the 15th of March, 1993, in Liverpool, England. Anybody want to guess? John Newton. John Newton. Incorrect. Nope, absolutely not. (laughs) I have played for 10 senior teams after starting my youth career at Liverpool. Steve McNally? Nope. Sorry, you said 94, not 63. (laughs) I finally got Dan. I'm up to I'm up to number two. Ben, Deborah, anybody? Chris? Chris, um, do you care? I don't need more clues. Um, I'm, I'm struggling here at the moment. My debut senior season was 2012. Is that for you? I'm playing for, I believe... West Fletcher? Uh, playing for, I believe, Dunfermline. Aidan Connolly? Dunfermline Athletic. Oh. Come on, have I got him? I have one did, did you say, is this, is this for York City, by the way? I mean, if it's for Burton Alvin or someone like that, we're fucked. No, no. So he's a York City. He's been a York City player, but he deb- his first senior debut was in 2012. Done Athletic. Oh, Alex Whittle. Oh, for God's sake, I have one more to go. It is Alex Whittle, correct? Alex Whittle. My final, my final clue was I've scored seven goals in my career, six in England, over 341 caps. That was your final clue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is now built to try and catch Dan out. So, well, it's failed. I don't know. Well, never mind. The second one that we've got tonight is I was born on 17th of December 1958 in Washington, England. Anyone Anyone want to hazard a guess? No? I made my senior debut for West Bromwich Albion in 1976. All the listeners will be absolutely screaming at answer now. Well, Dan's not screaming out. Dennis Smith. Nope. Not Dennis Smith. Sorry, cost it would be now. You'd be too young. He's too old. I signed for York City on the 9th of February 1980 for £2,000. Anywhere else? I'm going to say according to Wikipedia here, but according to Wikipedia, I have played three and exactly 300 times for York City and scored 32 goals. I'll give you an extra two in it. 32. 32 goals. One in 10. Not a great to return. I know, a better return than some of the players we had in National League North. Final play. I was York City's Clubman of the Year in 1982 to 1983. Is that final clue? That's the final clue. Right, I'm going to have to have a guess here. It's going to be a bit embarrassing, I think. John McPhail? Yeah, I was just about to say that. He's not John McPhail. John McPhail won the Clubman of the Year in 94-95-96, which you would know if you'd been following the Trust social media account. Any, anyone with a final guess? Put it out to the listeners. You must have a go here. I've had a long day. I just can't, I can't, I can't think. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll give one final clue in because I don't think this will really help. But, (laughs) so the four teams that I played for were West Bromwich Albion, Hull City, York City, and Lincoln City. There you go. We'll put that out to the listeners unless anybody wants a final clue. uh, What position was it, sorry? Uh, He is a defender. And what's the first letter of his first name? No, we're going to put out final. Put it out to listen. I'll tell you once we once we start recording, but we will so you know. But we will put it out to the listeners and see who can message me with a with the right guess. Okay, thanks, Jim. If you want to get your answers, uh, send them to uh, Jim's Twitter. I'm sure you're already following him already. So uh, thank you, chaps. Thank you to the panel for joining me this evening to discuss all things York City on the latest episode of The Crux of It. This is a uh, podcast in conjunction with York Hospital Radio, York Hospital Radio providing a service for patients at York Hospital. Totally reliant on funds, so if you'd like to donate, then please go to www.justgiving.com or slash York Hospital Radio to make a donation. But from everyone here on the panel of The Crux of It, we'll see you next time. Take care.